0: Part eight of a guide to the lakes by Thomas West This Librivox recording is in the public domain. A morning ride up the Vale of Newland, to Buttermere, etc. This ride remains hitherto unnoticed, though one of the most pleasing and surprising in the environs of Keswick. Company who visit the Vale of Keswick and view the lake from Castle Rig, Latrig, Swinside, and the Vicarage imagine inaccessible mountains only remain beyond the line of this amazing tract. But whoever takes the ride up Newland Vale, will be agreeably surprised with some of the finest solemn pastoral scenes they have yet beheld. An arrangement of vast mountains entirely new, both in form and colouring of rock, vast hollow craters scooped in their bosoms, once the seeming seats of raging liquid fire, at present overflowing with purest water, that foams down the craggy brows in impetuous torrents. Woods skirt their base, and lakes lie at their feet, clear as the door went. The softer parts of these scenes are verdant hills, patched with wood, spotted with variety of rock, and pastured with herds and flocks. The ride is along Swinside, and having turned the brow of the hill, and passed the first houses, through which the road leads. Observe at the gate on the right, a view down a narrow vale, pleasing in a high degree. The road winds through a glade, along the side of a rapid gurgling brook, that ripples down a stony channel, its water clear as crystal. At the hedgerow tree under rolling end, a brawny mountain, turn and have a new and pleasing view of the Vale of Keswick. The road has a gentle ascent, and the rivulet is heard murmuring below. At the upper end of the cultivated part of the Vale, a green pyramidal hill, divided into waving enclosures, looks down the Vale upon Keswick, etc. The verdant hills on each side, terminate in awful rude mountains, that tower to the skies in a variety of grotesque forms, and on their murky furrowed sides, hang many torrents. Above Gaskerdale, the last houses in Newland, no traces of human industry appears. All is naked, solitude, and simple nature, in a variety of fantastic forms. The Vale now becomes a dell, the road is a path, the lower parts are pastured with a motley herd, the middle tract, the flocks assume, the upper regions, to man inaccessible, are abandoned to the birds of Jove. Here untamed nature holds her reign in solemn silence, amidst the gloom and grandeur of dreary solitude. The morning sun, beaming on the blue and yellow mountain-sides, produces effects of light and shade, the most charming that ever a son of Apelles, or genius of Raphael, imagined. In approaching the head of Newland Hawes on the left, a mountain of purple-coloured rock presents a thousand gaping chasms, excavated by torrents, that roaring fall into a basin, formed in the bosom of the mountain, and thence precipitating over a wall of rock, become a brook below. In front is a vast rocky mountain, the barrier of the dell, that opposes itself to all further access. Among the variety of waterfalls that distinguish this awful boundary of rock, one catches the eye at a distance, that exceeds the boasted Lodor, as much as Causey Pike does Castle Rig, in height of rock and unity of fall, whilst the beholder is free from all anxiety of mind in the approach, not one pebble or grain of sand offends, but all is nature in her sweetest trim of verdant turf, spread out to please her votaries. Whoever would enjoy with ease and safety, Alpine views and pastoral scenes in the sublime style, may have them in this morning ride. The road, or rather tract, becomes less agreeable for a few roods, not from any difficulty in the finest mountain turf, where roads may be made at the least expense, but from the dullness of the dalesmen who habituate themselves to tread in the tract made by their flocks. It will not be labour lost to walk a few roods, and see a new creation of mountains, as unlike what are left behind, as the Andes are to the Alps. The contrast is really striking, and appear at once on the summit of the hill. On the right, at the head of a deep green dell, a naked furrowed mountain of an orange hue, has a strange appearance amongst his verdant neighbours, and sinks by his height, Skiddaw itself. Descend the tract on the left and soon have in sight, the highest possible contrast in nature, in sublime Alpine scenery. Four spiral towering mountains, dark, dun and gloomy at noonday, rise immediately from the western extremity of the deep narrow dell, and hang over Buttermere. The more southern is, by the dalesmen, from its form, called Hayrick. the more pyramidal, High Crag, the third, High Steel, and the fourth from the ferruginous colour, Red Pike. Between the second and third there is a large crater, that from the parched colour of the conical mountains, in whose bosom it is formed, appears to have been the focus of a volcano, in some distant period of time, and the cones produced by explosion. At present it is the reservoir that feeds the roaring cataract you see in the descent to Buttermere. Here all is barrenness, solitude and silence, only interrupted with the murmurs of a rill, that runs unseen in the narrow bottom of a deep dell. The smooth verdant sides of the vast hills on the right, have many furrows engraven in their sides by the winter rains, and the sable mountains in front, present all the horrors of cloven rock, broken cliff and mountain streams, tumbling headlong. Some traces of industry obtruding themselves at the foot of the glen, disturb the solemn solitude, with which the eye and mind have been delighted, and point out your return to society, and that you approach the village of Buttermere, which is situated betwixt the lakes, and consists of sixteen houses. The chapel here is very small, the stipend not large, and though twice augmented with the Queen's bounty, exceeds not twenty pounds per annum. This is one of the cures Mr. Pennant mentions, but the perquisites of the clog shoes, Hardenfark, Whittlegate, and Goofgate, the present incumbent does not enjoy. The horrid, dark mountains above described scowl over the village, and the cataract from the crater thunders down their sides. The life of the inhabitants is purely pastoral. A few hands are employed in the slate quarries. The women spin woolen yarn and drink tea. Above the village you have a view of the upper lake, two miles in length, and much under one in breadth. It is terminated on the western side by the ferruginous mountains already described. A stripe of cultivated ground adorns the eastern shore. A group of houses, Gatesgarth, is seated on the southern extremity, under the most extraordinary amphitheatre of mountainous rock that ever eye beheld. Honeystar Crag, rising to an immense height, flanked by two conic mountains, Fleetwith on the east and Scarf on the western side, A hundred mountain torrents form a never-failing cataract, that down the centre of the rock, fall foaming headlong, with a thundering noise, and form the lake. Mr. Grey's account of Barrowside, and his relation of Borrowdale are hyperboles, the sport of fancy, that he was pleased to indulge himself in. A person that has crossed the Alps or Apennines will meet with only miniatures here, of the huge rocks and precipices, the vast hills, and snow-topped mountains he saw there, and though he may observe much similarity in the style, there is none in the danger. Skiddor, Helvellyn, and Cachydicam are but dwarfs when compared with Mount Modit above the Lake of Geneva, and the Guardian Mountains of the Rhône. Here the rocky scenes and mountain landscape are diversified and contrasted with all that aggrandizes the subject in the most sublime style, and constitutes a picture the most enchanting of any in these parts. If the roads in some places are narrow and difficult, they are at least safe. No villainous banditti haunt the mountains. Innocent people live in the Dells, every cottager is narrative of all he knows, and mountain virtue and pastoral hospitality are found at every farm. This constitutes a pleasing difference betwixt travelling here and on the continent, where every inholder is an extortioner, and every voiturein an imposing rogue. The space betwixt the lakes is under a mile of pasture and meadow ground. The lower lake, called Crummock Water, soon opens after you leave the village and pass through an oaken grove. A fine expanse of water sweeps away to the right under a rocky promontory, Randon Knot, or Buttermere Hawes. The road serpentises round the rock, and under a rugged pyramidal craggy mountain. From the crest of this rock, the whole extent of the lake is discovered. On the western side, the mountains rise immediately from the water's edge, bold and abrupt. Just in front, between Bleak Crag and Melbrake, two spiral hills. The hoarse resounding noise of a waterfall is heard across the lake, concealed within the bosom of the cliff, through which it has forced its way, and, when viewed from the foot of the fall, is a most astonishing phenomenon. This lake is beautified with three small isles. One of rock lies just before you. The whole eastern shore is diversified with bays, the banks with scattered trees and a few enclosures, terminated by a hanging wood. At the foot of the lake, a high-crowned hill pushes forward, fringed with trees and sweetly laid out with enclosures, and above it, on a cultivated slope, is the chapel of Lowe's Water. Surrounded with scattered farms behind all, Low Fell swells his verdant front, a sweet contrast to his murky neighbours, and a pleasing termination, seen from the top of this rock, or from the bosom of the lake. The chain of pyramidal mountains on each side of this narrow vale are extremely picturesque, They rise from distinct bases, and swell into the most grotesque forms, and burst into rocky heads, serrated here, and broken there. These lakes are of a much greater depth than Derwent, and may be the only reason why they hold char, and the other does not. The char in the summer months retire to the deeps, probably to avoid the heat. The water here is clear, but not so transparent as the Derwent. The outlet is at the north corner by the river Cocker, over which is a handsome stone bridge of four arches. This lake is four miles in length, and almost half a mile over in some places. End of part 8